black woman, beautiful, powerful, resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation, a talk, especially an informal one between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So we created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Janine. How's your week been? Well, you know, it's been okay, but um, my son has been sick, and I think that he's gotten everybody else in the house sick. So we're a little under the weather this week, but that's okay. Y'all know we record on Sunday, so y'all know it's AKA Father's Day. So um, shout out to all my sores and Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. But um, yeah, so it's good. I got to talk to a lot of sores, but I definitely was at home. Because I was a little under the weather. So that's how my day was. The rest of the week was okay. I mean, caring for Harrison, trying to make sure he's uh, he's good, taking him to the pediatrician to make sure that we don't need to do any other tests. You know, it's, you know, been a little rough. And this past week, I did see my first patients. This is my first full week of patients. So uh, I'm excited. I mean, it's been definitely uh, growing pain, starting a brand new division. So you guys know I'm division director at So I'm starting the division there, meaning starting everything, hiring everybody, starting the system, writing the templates and the programs. So it is literally building from scratch. So that has been a work in progress for the past couple of months. And now we are, we are live. We are live with me seeing patients. So, so yeah, it's been a productive week. Let's say that. Can't complain. Well, first, happy Founders Day. Second, congratulations on your first patient. That's super exciting. Well, maybe I should say congratulations to them because they just got a good doctor. So congratulations. It sounds fun. When do you get your next patient? Oh, thank girl. No, I've had a couple. I have had a a slew of patients now. Like I've had a couple of days worth of patients now. So my next patient will be Tuesday when I get back to work. (laughs) When I get back to work. Oh, so you're super in the thick of it. That's so exciting. It's like officially off the ground. It's officially off the ground. It's officially off the ground slowly. So we're trying to schedule, you know, a handful of patients a day. So gradually work our way up while we are fine tuning the templates. Because, you know, you realize, you know, you give people templates to build and then you're going through, you're dictating, you're like, I forgot the abdominal circumference in this report. Let me update the template, right? So it's a lot of uh, trial and error in terms of getting the documentation in the system correctly. So not quite in the full swing of things, but we're getting there slowly but surely we will get there. How has your week been? It's been good. So this week I've been restructuring my department because much like you, I started off with a blank slate and had to figure some things out. Now we got through year one and I realized that the way that we got through year one was not sustainable long-term. So we are restructuring for year two so that it can be sustainable and so that I can, you know, maintain some employees so that we're not, you know, having a constant revolving door. So I'm super excited for that. I've had some really, really dope meetings, which I 
love because I don't know if y'all know this about me, but I'm very much an ideas person. And I really like when there are new ideas and things that I can just grow and expand. But I don't necessarily always want to be responsible for the growth and the expansion. I just really like ideas. So I've had a few meetings that are very promising, I would say. And in addition to that, I am back to reading the Bible for an entire year. But this particular time, I am doing the Bible recap, and it's by Tara Lynn Cobble. I believe that's her name. So she actually has a podcast, and that's how I found her. But she goes through the Bible chronologically. So not chronologically by books of the Bible, but chronologically is like when it happened. So super excited doing this all over again. And then hopefully, like, I, you know, I'll learn, see, understand some new things. So so that's pretty cool. I might have to jump on that bandwagon to figure out what it is. Because if you if you don't read the Bible a couple of times, you'll be confused. The Bible is not a book that you're like, I read the Bible once and I'm good. No, no, no. Uh-uh. You need to read that thing like three, four times. And then every time I read it, it's like something new jumps out at me. I think you're absolutely right. You have to read the Bible multiple times to understand. And I don't even think that we'll ever understand it all the way completely. Because I think that there's some like, you know some vagueness in the Bible intentionally, right? Because we're not, we're not supposed to know everything. But I do think that your understanding of the Bible also very much depends on where you are in your life, right? So like if you are in a dark place, you will kind of extract the dark things. Like whatever your mindset is as you're reading the Bible is what you will take from it. So like I've read the Bible where, you know, a couple of times where you read it you know, one week and then you go back and reread the same passages, you know, on down the line and read the same exact thing and felt two completely different ways because I was in two completely different places in my life. So I would just suggest reading the Bible just because it's one of those things that even if you don't believe in the Holy Trinity or any of that, right, you will get some good lessons out of the Bible. So read it. Just saying y'all read the self-help books. You might as well read the Bible. It's the greatest self-help book there is. Amen. So for our listeners, how y'all been? How y'all been? How's the year starting off so far? I'm hoping that y'all do better than Janine is doing on her (laughs) caffeine break and y'all are actually doing what you said you were going to do. We hope so. Y'all, please be sure to share us with your friends and don't just go on to the episode and listen. Make sure you download, subscribe, leave us a review. And then, of course, always send in your letters and stuff. You know, we like to hear that. But Nicole, before we get into the show, I have some bad news, like some really bad news. Do you know Grandma Holla, like the the yes! sassy grandma? Yes, I saw grandma that Holla, today. She passed away, and I know she was ninety seven, and she had been battling cancer for some years now. But ah, uh, Grandma Holla, I feel like devastated. Like I feel like I lost a member of my family. Like when I saw it and, you know, she had been sick for some time and her, I believe it was her granddaughter. Her granddaughter was, you know, giving us regular updates and then they would, you know, sometimes she would fill up to it and talk to us. Um, But yeah, she passed away. They said she passed away peacefully in her sleep. So listen, she lived a full life. She said whatever Uh, was on her mind. She ain't like her granddaughter said, she said, you need to get your money back. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yep. And then she, but she loved her some, some men. Remember the man that was bringing her uh, lottery tickets to her house and the granddaughter was like, I don't know who that is. And she was like, but I do. And I'm grown. You, you know, basically she's like, you don't got to mind my business. 
To live a full life like that and to leave a legacy that has made so many people laugh, it's just a true blessing. Like if we all can leave that kind of legacy and that kind of impact, we will be truly blessed. So rest in peace, Mama Hala. Yeah. All right, Janine. So what's on our timeline this week? Okay, Nicole. So Chef Way. Chef Way, also known as Wayman the God, also known as Wayman Wesley II. Uh, his bar card number is 24122295. And he works in the Harris County District Attorney's Office in the great state of Texas. This man is on our timeline. I will give you a hint, Nicole. It's not because he's a great chef and a TikToker that has millions of views. That's not why he's on our timeline. But before I tell you why he's actually on our timeline, I'm going to give you a little, like a little bit of who Wayman Wesley II is. So Wayman Wesley II is an assistant district attorney to Kim Ogg's office, who is the district attorney in Harris County, uh, which is in Texas. So more specifically, it's like the Houston area. So to give you all an idea of if you're not familiar with where Harris County is, you know, during election cycle where Steve Kornacki is looking at those counties in Texas, you know, he's pointing it out on his little analyst board. Harris County is usually one of the ones that we are are looking or watching. So it's kind of pretty important, pretty impactful in that particular state and for the country, just to give you an idea. He works in the in Kim Ogg's office in Harris County. So in 2019, Wesley graduated from the University of Kentucky Law School. He graduated with his JD, according to the Texas State Bar website, and he was licensed in Texas in January of 2021. And then he was hired at the DA's office in March of that same year. So March 2021 is when he started working at the DA's office. And that's where he became a prosecutor, which essentially means that his job is to represent the government against criminals in court. So the DA's office is responsible for reviewing police reports and determining if criminal charges should be brought up or not. So to me, pretty hefty responsibility, but that's not all. So. Not only is he the assistant district attorney, he also has a significant following as a chef on social media. So most people will consider him a social media influencer. He seems to be known like chef wise for his like intricate pasta recipes. Now he has some recipes of some other things, but it, his meals are not, are not like quick and easy. They seem to be pretty intricate. Like we are making the pasta noodles ourselves, right? So. Not simple, but I'm not exactly sure exactly what he's known for, because honestly, prior to this, I didn't think that I knew him as a chef. So we're going to go and say he's half DA or assistant DA and half chef. But Nicole, one pasta recipe that I know that he's never going to forget is this oxtail pasta recipe that he recently posted. So last week, Wayman or Chef Way posted this recipe on TikTok and then he also posted on Twitter and the recipe was for this oxtail pasta recipe. And he's, you know, making the recipe. I mean, it's pretty intricate. You know, he's it looks good. Not gonna lie. But when he posted it on Twitter, a model who I would consider a social influencer in her own right. Her name is Erin Creer. She decided that she was going to quote tweet his TikTok post that he had posted on Twitter. And she quote tweeted him and it said this. I see a lot of my black female followers interacting with this guy. And I want you to know 
that he spent most of 2015 and 2016 terrorizing black women. Then he scrubbed his account. He's violently misogynistic. So keep that in mind as you interact and tell others you see interacting. So after she posted that, well, it's not even after in this post that has this comment, she attaches screenshots as reference to what she's saying. And she's, it's important that she posted these screenshots. So obviously she had them for a while because the account that, as she said, that she's referring to has been deleted. So to give you an idea of, you know, what these, these screenshots look like or what they are, they're images of people, you know, with his comments from his Twitter account back then, supposedly. And the comments that he's making range from colorism to racism, to misogyny, to body shaming. I mean, he runs the gamut of like, you know, he's essentially an equal opportunity butthole, right? So to give you an idea of what some of these these images are, I'll tell you. Now, we'll post them. They're extremely offensive, but we'll post them. So one is a model, gorgeous model, in a bikini, and his comment just simply says, she's too black. And then another post is, a very thin woman in a bikini and a, a a woman who is has beautiful curves and he puts them side by side and he says the body type that should wear bikinis versus the body type that shouldn't so those are the kinds of things that he's posting but that's not really all so another one of them said where's the one that I really this one it says it's literally a picture of a woman's hip, a black woman, it appears, a black woman's hip, and it, she has stretch marks. Now, mind you, the stretch marks are very, like, subtle. And his comment is, number one sign of an unhealthy woman. He also has a post with a woman breastfeeding, essentially implying that she should breastfeed inside. And then, you know, he has a post of, you know, of body shaming. And the one I think is the most offensive is he has a picture of a black woman. And next to it is a picture of a dump truck backing up to a landfill. And he says in his comment, I see no difference. So those are the kind of. I'm going to say it, these things that he has been saying, some of them. Now, mind you, these are just the screenshots that she saved, right? These are some of the things that he was saying, supposedly only between 2015 and 2016. Now, before you go start trying to come for Aaron, because Aaron is a black woman, just to make note, and he is also a black man, saying that she's coming for a black man or she's trying to tear him down because some people did take that route. Let me say this. She never said anything about him other than the fact that he was violently misogynistic and you should keep that in mind and that he was terrorizing black women, which all of them are true. And she showed receipts, right? She also didn't say that we shouldn't follow him or you shouldn't, you know, support whatever it is that he's doing. She didn't say that. She basically just said she wanted to make you aware and you should then make others aware. So she's just giving us a warning. She's saying caution when interacting with this man. And then she gave evidence. That's all she's doing. So please don't come for her. Now, what Black Twitter did with what she said is what turned everything upside down. So after literally being roasted on, I mean, fried literally on Twitter, the chef felt like he was inclined to respond. 
So on Twitter, this is what he said. There's no way to demonstrate how much I've changed since then, but I respect your position. I made sure that my actions and words since that time reflect the complete opposite of the tweets. So I have a lot to say about that comment, but I will leave you all to have your own opinions about the comment. But that's how he responded on Twitter. He also responded on TikTok. Not the same response though, Nicole. He said, to those I've hurt with my past tweets from 2015 to early 2016, why he had to specify, don't know, that have resurfaced, I am deeply sorry. That was a moment in my life where I was sick in more ways than one. Cooking saved me. You have watched a flawed man heal and who will continue to heal and learn. Thanks for being along for the journey. And then he signed it, Chef Way. Now, Chef Way, as black women, we want to forgive you because you're a black man and we don't ever want to tear down a black man no matter how much they've turned their back on us. That's something that we're pretty good at, turning the other cheek. I mean, if we're being honest, look how many opportunities we gave Kanye. Kanye basically slapped us in the face time after time, and it took us a minute before we canceled him. And I'm not even sure that we've all canceled him. But Chef Wei, this to me seems like you literally just waged war against black women, specifically black women that don't fit into the stereotype. I don't even want to say stereotype that don't fit into your picture perfect image of a woman. So if she's a little heavy, if she's darker than a paper bag, if she's anything that doesn't look like what you think perfection is, you essentially wage war on us. And Aaron was correct when she said that you terrorized us because those are not the only tweets that have come out. There have been pictures and other allegations. It's coming out. So I don't want to cancel a black man and we generally don't cancel black men, but this is a different kind of situation. Everyone is allowed to have their preference. We all know everyone's not going to like the same thing. We respect your preference. The issue comes into play when you begin to lack even the basic tolerance for anything that's outside of your preference. And then you took it a step further and you decided to essentially just spew hate and then encourage other people who followed you to do the same thing. I don't know. I just feel like, in my opinion, that that's not acceptable behavior for anyone of any race, of any gender, of any, no one. You can't spew hate and expect others to follow you in your thought pattern and think that that's okay. There are clearly several brands who agreed with my opinion and they've severed ties with Chef Way. So the CEO of Anova tweeted it and it seemed like just a, a knee jerk tweet. And he tweeted that they were ending their affiliation with Chef Way ASAP. And then he said that there would be more to come. And then he said that basically Chef Way doesn't represent the value of the brand, which I respect. Now, I feel bad for him because we are severing ties and he's losing business because of his actions. But I am of the mindset that his actions and tweets don't really have much to do with him cooking or his ability to be a chef. Now. I'm saying this, so before you come for me, I'm saying this because, look, Paula Dean still has 
thriving restaurants and a thriving web series. And we canceled her long ago for saying very similar things. Not defending him, just saying. But let's not forget that he's not just a chef. He's more importantly, a prosecutor. Now, this is where I feel like it's more serious. It's a much more serious issue because it's not just affecting him and his brand and what he wants to represent. It's affecting a large number of people. So as I stated, the main role of his job is to determine if charges should be brought against people on the behalf of the government. Personally, and I don't know, but it sounds like they probably do. I would guess that they probably take some oath that says that this will be done in an unbiased manner. Now, if you can't even tweet something that's tolerant and you are have such hatred for a group of people that is so broad, I have a very difficult time believing that you're going to be able to do your job. Like you just turn that off and you're going to be able to do your job in an unbiased manner. Someone with such disdain for women, for Muslims, for people that are overweight, or anyone that he basically just deems unworthy, how can you expect them to uphold the judicial system? I don't know. So the district attorney, Kim Ogg, has supported him, saying that she is a believer in second chances. She noted that these took place prior to him joining the office. And she said that it was a time in his life where he was suffering with some serious personal issues, right? Including alcohol addiction. Now, I too, Nicole, believe in second chances. Everyone should get a second chance. We all do dumb things. We should all be able to be forgiven for the dumb things that we do. But my guy, my dude, Chef Way, Wayman, whatever you want to call it, alcoholism is not an excuse. Alcoholism doesn't make you a misogynist. It doesn't make you a body shaming colorist. It just amplifies whatever is already in there. Just like when the, the little white girls be like, oh, I was drunk. I turned into a racist when I was drunk. We don't accept that. Then we're not accepting this. That's who you are, sir. Just saying. As I said, Kim Og, District Attorney Kim Og, she's supporting him. But the, the issue that I have, Nicole, is it's not just these tweets. Since then, as I briefly mentioned earlier, the tweets... Other people have come out saying that they they've experienced this and he's been like this since high school and throughout college. Some people have even said that, you know, they made allegations of him being abusive or harassing them offline, not just on, not just on Twitter, but offline as well. So there's a lot going on here. And let me be very clear that it's not just black women who are making these allegations. Right. It's why I've seen white women. I've seen white men. I've seen a ton of people making these allegations and some people are calling for him to be removed from office. Now, do I think he should be removed from office? Probably not. Let the man resign. But nonetheless, should he be in office? I think we can all agree that he probably shouldn't be in office. Let, let, let him cook. He can be a great chef, but we don't need him to be in office. Some people have reported him to the bar. So we shall see what, what, hap what happens, right? The Bar Association, he's been reported to them, supposedly, according to social media. Um, and people are calling for him to be removed. So we shall see what happens. Now, again, do I want to see a black man unable to support his family, not having a job? No, I don't. I think that the man should be allowed to be a chef and social influencer if that's what he wants to do. And whoever follows him, they follow him, right? But do I think he should be a prosecutor? 
I will say this. I think that he should be a prosecutor as much as I think that R. Kelly should be a high school teacher. What do you think, Nicole? You know, whenever you sent this to me um, initially, you know me, I'm going to go digging. I spent hours on TikTok looking at all the videos and all the videos that people made about his apology and about, you know, basically how he mistreated either them, um, how he was basically very abusive and attacking women on Twitter. And it was like, that was what he went on Twitter to do is to be disrespectful, demeaning, belittling, um, and attacking. So for me, this is not that he's sorry. He's sorry that somebody called him out. Now, if he would have stayed on TikTok and done his little videos, he'd been fine, but he wanted to capture another platform. Let me get paid from another platform. I'm getting paid by Twitter because I got 250 plus thousand followers, but now I want to go back to Twitter. Let me see if I can get some more followers there. But Twitter does not forget. Okay. And I mean, it, it, homeboy wasn't on there, but two seconds before homegirl screenshot those former tweets that he made. And out of those, you know, reading through those, you're like, wow. I mean, it's not that he has a preference. He really genuinely does not like black women. When you compare someone, the, the picture that he has comparing the black woman to a landfill of garbage was like, what are you looking at? Like that woman to about 90% of America is what we call body goals. Okay. She snatched y'all. She got no cellulite. She's thin in the waist. She She's big bottom, big top. She got it going on, right? Homegirl looks amazing. And you compare her to landfill, a landfill full of garbage with new garbage being dumped on top. You know, I was just floored by that. But the thing that was most interesting to me, Janine, was when he put out messages that said, Black women make great punching bags. And I was like, oh, wow, this is this is deep. You know, you are an abuser. And then your mama come out, make her an account just to put out there. I did not raise you like this. I'm embarrassed. I don't know why you're doing this. You know, when your family members come out and say they don't they don't respect what you're doing. And then you just keep on doing it. It's sort of like, OK, what are you doing? Are you doing this to get attention? Are you belittling to get attention? But we do have to realize 2015, 2016, you know, we call it the era of bashing black women, right? But real talk, black women have been belittled and a punching bag for everybody else forever, right? This is just now the new Me Too movement about calling out harassment, calling out abuse. And this is just on the on the back end of that movement. And he happened to to be in the crossfire of this, but he needed to be outed. One guy, I can't remember his name, but you know, y'all, I'm going to post him. He was talking about how he can't believe this guy. He uh, doesn't respect it. Yada, yada. It went on, on and on, okay, in a post. And someone made a TikTok video that said, be careful what you post. Black men, you may need to sit this one out because she pulled up his account and he had been uh, belittling and demeaning black women in, in, in post in 2013 that he tried to wipe out and, and start over again. So we know that there was a lot of this break a black woman down thing going on and bashing us in our bodies and all the things that we stand for about a decade ago on social media. Now, 2015, 2016, that ain't a decade ago. Okay. That's just six, seven years ago. But uh, back in that era, five, 10 years ago, there was a lot of that, you know, body shaming and bash women down. We just now stumbled upon this body positivity movement thanks to the pandemic. 
I'm telling you, before the pandemic, wasn't nobody trying to, to bear all, tell all, be proud of who they were. People were covering up. And the pandemic, people got more on social media and the average person started getting endorsements and attention and things like that because of the pandemic. So a little bit of the pandemic gets up, but this guy's not sorry. He, he didn't even say what he was sorry for in the apology. He didn't even say it. And my thing is being sorry should never be reactionary, right? You wait until somebody literally calls your shit out. It's not like you went live and said, you know what, y'all? I was reflecting about how stupid I was back in the day. Okay. And it sounds like, seems like he was a little older in law school. Okay. So he wasn't, you know, 20 in law school. So he was probably a little older in law school. Now, apparently he gotten kicked out or dismissed in in law school because he was harassing somebody, y'all. Again, harassing and then got to come back and finish. Okay. Because men get to do that. They get to come back and finish. But he knew better. He knew better because he would have owned his stuff before this period of time. You don't wait till somebody calls you out on your stuff to then admit that you did it and apologize. That's just like somebody in a relationship. Your man get caught cheating. They get caught cheating. And now they're so sorry. You're the best thing ever. I'm so sorry. What you should have done is had a come to Jesus conversation with yourself before you got caught and went to your wife and said, you know what, babe, I made a mistake. I cheated on you. This is what happened. I'm so sorry. Then maybe I can move forward with you and forgive you. But when you get caught, nobody can, you don't know if you're remorseful about what you did or or that you said just because you got caught. And this is the same situation. In terms of should he be allowed to continue to be in the DA's office or not? No. I mean, this is a no-brainer. If if I did the same thing, or if he were a doctor, let's say that, he were an OBGYN demeaning black women, do you think that we want him delivering babies? babies? Black women already have a higher mortality rate, right? And black people already have a higher conviction rate and longer sentences. Do you think it's fair that he gets to continue to practice knowing that he hates black women? Would he be allowed to practice medicine if he were a doctor knowing he hates black women? No. Listen, the Texas Medical Association would have come down on the whammy and the board would have dismissed him. Okay. And the same thing needs to happen in the DA's office. Not saying he can't practice law at all ever, but he doesn't need to be a prosecutor in the DA's office. You know, that's just silly. Practice private law. Go go do something else that doesn't allow you to be biased to the public. Okay. Go go do something else. Because your reaction has shown us that you're really not that remorseful. You're sad because somebody called you out on it and you got greedy. That's how you got caught. And now here we go. And now you're so sorry, right? Turning all your comments and all the stuff like that. He deserves to lose all of his, all of his endorsements. And the people that keep him around are showing their true colors. So I, I'm, I assume he's going to lose most of them as he should. That's what he gets. Especially when black women made cooking. We created cooking, Okay. You're taking all black women's recipes and making them your own. You know, all this jerk chicken, oxtail pasta and stuff. You're not the first person to do that stuff. Some black woman did that in Jamaica. And you want to rebrand it as your own from a black woman. That's the problem I have. You know, black people love to cook and we love, you know, all these, you know, rich, all these rich foods that he's obviously making. But he doesn't like black women. He don't like our thickness. He don't like our curves. He don't like our colors. But he's a darker skinned black man who's not in shape. So there's some self-hatred going on here that he really does need help for. Do I think he's changed yet? No, because he hadn't owned this stuff. He only admitted to it 
after he had been called out. Yeah, Nicole, I'm with you. I think that you're right. Go practice private law. Nobody's saying that you need to lose your. Well, there are some people who are saying we're not saying that you need to lose your license or be disbarred. What we're saying is this is not the right gig for you, my dude. It's just not just like it would not be the right job for an alcoholic to go work at a bar. Find another gig. Do something else like this isn't this isn't for you. And let let me just say this. Do I think that people can change? Yes. But do I think that you continue to put people in a situation where they might fall back into the same pitfalls that they fell into before? No. What do you think the percentage of not just black women, but what do you think the percentage of black people that come through the Harris County judicial system? What do you think that percentage looks like? We're talking about Houston, Texas. I'm telling you, he's affecting black people both online and offline. And I don't think that we give him a second platform, one in which he's going to make a living from to negatively affect our culture. That's all I'm saying. We have to go into this year being very unbiased about canceling people. Okay, you wrong us. You really don't have no legitimate excuse. You cancel. Moving on. It's time out for you getting paid off of the backs of black women and then not showing any appreciation. I'm sorry, not a lick of appreciation. And then uh, Melissa Tran or whoever her name is, his fiance, who is thick woman goals. I mean, she's a curvy girl, but she ain't skinny. She like the, looked like the girl that uh, he was comparing the garbage to. Curvy, okay? Another thing I'd like to point out, Nicole, she's come out to support him. And I don't even remember what she said because I didn't even take the time to pay attention to it too much because, ma'am, we didn't ask for your opinion, but she she did come out to support him. The issue that I have, though, is there's this conversation around the fact that she has a bunch of black friends. The argument does not work for white people and it doesn't work for anybody else either. We don't care how many black friends you have. And to be very honest with you, I would not say that those are your friends. If you support this kind of behavior, there's no way possible you can be a true friend to a black person. I agree. I got no, no two cents to add. I completely agree. This letter is from Risha and she says, Nicole and Janine, y'all are the truth. I love you ladies. Now, hopefully you get to this letter because I need help. Here's the thing. I found out some crazy things about my baby sister's fiance. My sister is one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet. She and her fiance work together. They're both doctors. She's a pediatrician and he's a pediatric physical therapist. They seem genuinely in love. At least she loves him. However, I was at brunch for Founders Day and one of my sores was talking about her healing process from her ex-husband. His actual picture came up when she showed us pictures of the two of them together and how miserable and unhealthy she was due to his mental abuse. I looked at the photo and it looked like Alex. I straight up asked Asora, was the guy's name Alex? And she confirmed that it was in fact the same guy, my sister's fiance. She was married to Alex for four years. During that time, he both mentally and physically abused her. They've been divorced now for almost five years. And it's hard for me to believe that he's changed in so short a time period. Not only does my sister not know he has an abusive past, she has no idea he's ever been married before. I feel an obligation to tell my sister, but I'm not sure how to break it to her. Ladies, could you give me some advice? How would you approach the situation? Risha. 
okay, Risha, this is your sister. You 100% have to tell her. There's no questioning whether you tell her or not. And I know that you didn't ask us whether you should tell her. You asked us how you should address this situation. But I say, girl, address it head on. First of all, the soror that you got the pictures from, make sure that you have a physical copy of the pictures. Get the pictures. And if you need to bring the soror along to this conversation, bring her along to the conversation. Because you don't want your sister marrying someone who can't even be honest with the fact that he's been married before. So I was a little hesitant about the the abusive nature and being able to change, right? Because I honestly do believe that people can change from being abusive. I've seen it happen, right? I've seen people who were in relationships and were abusive and then they have changed and they're no longer abusive because they were at a better mental space in their own lives that they realized that it's not acceptable to be abusive to other people. So I have seen that change. Like I've seen it happen, right? However, he's not being honest. And I'm not saying that he hasn't changed, but I wouldn't believe that someone who can't be honest about the fact that they've been married before when they're about to get married again has become a better person. So even if he's not abusive anymore, he's still kind of a little bit of a douchebag because that's kind of important information, especially when it's clearly not that far away from her circle. If your sister in his ex-wife, the only separation between the two of y'all is you, it's likely that she will would find out somehow. And let me say this. I know everyone doesn't believe the same thing or the th- see things the same way that I see them. But one of my biggest pet peeves and one of the things that I said to my husband is, don't let me walk into the room and be the only one that doesn't know something about you. Because now I look like the idiot. You had better preface Every possible, like you had better run through your mind when my wife walks into this room, here are all the things that she needs to know so she doesn't get blindsided. And I will say up till this point, he's done a very good job. But let me say this. If I found out today or tomorrow that he had been married before, regardless of however it ended, we done because you're dishonest. So yeah, girl, Risha, um, I would take the pictures, take the soror if you need to. Maybe you go out to lunch or do something and be like, oh, and if you are not the kind that likes to be in awkward situations, maybe you make it feel like that's not the purpose of the lunch or the whatever. But honestly, if it were me, I would just say head on. Hey, girl, I was out with my soror and ooh, did you know that your fiance been married before? Because, you know, he was married to my soror. Maybe you go look him up. Just saying. And if you don't want to be the one to break the news, go look up the marriage records and drop, put them in the in an envelope and drop them at her door. You can you can give her the information anonymously if you don't want to be the one to break the news. I would break the news because I feel like it would be easier. I don't have siblings like that. So I would break the news because I personally feel like, and Nicole, you can speak to this because you have a sister, but I personally feel like I would rather hear it from my sister than to just figure it out randomly. That's just me. But maybe it would be easier to find out anonymously. Who knows? What do you think, Nicole? So, so, uh, you know, to me, the direct approach is always the best approach. And my sister and I are really close, but I I don't want to assume that everybody's close with their sibling. Okay. Because for me, it would have been me rolling in there and I've been like, is, is Alex home? Oh yeah, girl, here in the back. Call my head to the front. Oh, so you met, you were married? Because I just met your ex-wife. So for me, it would have been no time to sweet talk, no time for nothing. I would have called him out in front of her so that we can both watch his reaction. Okay, that's what I would have done. And I would have then told my sister, 
after the fact, after we confronted him, hey, if you want to talk to her, I can get her on the phone right now. Like, you need to know what happened in the relationship. And now y'all can take some time to, you know, you can talk to your fiance now that he knows that I know and he knows that he was lying. Like, let me watch him be silent and try to put the pieces together. You know, when you catch somebody off guard, they don't know what to say. They, uh, 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 what, you know, what the stutter for? So for me, I'm, I'm, I'm big bold. I'm not just going to tell my sister. I'm going to tell my sister in front of you while I'm talking to you because you've hurt my sister. You lied. You lied. Well, y'all, I agree with Nicole, but I think you should take the second approach, not the first one. Because if you go over there and be like, hey, were you married? Now you're going to catch your sister off guard. And then he might, I mean, if he's violent, you don't know what's going to happen. So y'all be safe. Be safe out here, y'all. It depends on the person, right? Because I'd rather catch her off guard and let him try to pipe up while we both there and we can both jump on him versus my sister asking him and then he get mad and my sister don't have nobody to have her back there. So that's why I said that. So it really depends on the situation uh, and it depends on, you know, what kind of person he really, really is. Now, obviously, if he's changed, then he can be honest and say, look, I was embarrassed. I was young. I was dumb. This is what I did to change. You know, I know people say time change. No, you got to do work to change. So then he can, you know, show that he's changed. But if he's somebody that, you know, seems like he's a little bit too aggressive and she's gotten one of those roughneck types, then you might want to be there when she tells or at least have your cousins or your you know uncles in the background nearby outside the door or something. I'm just saying. That's a good point. I didn't I didn't even think about it like that. But yeah, girl, you can't not tell her. You got to just rip this bandaid off and tell your sister she's with a liar. And tell her soon. Don't let her pay no more deposits down and go on dress shopping and stuff like that. Don't don't have her waste her time. Tell her soon so she can make some plans so she can figure out her life soon. Yeah, that's that's real. My letter says, ladies, love y'all. I hope to meet you all one day. And then she gave us heart emoji. And then she said, baby, do I have tea for you? It's good church tea. And I don't like gossiping. So I figured I would tell y'all to get my fix. So my church was founded almost 100 years ago. I grew up in the church and my parents grew up in the church. They met and married in the church. So you could say it's a family church. The founding pastor, we will call him Thomas, passed away, leaving the church to his oldest son. We will call him Tommy. He had always been a preacher and was prepared to step in. Well, when that happened, his younger brother kind of lost it. He turned his back on the church, had several kids out of wedlock, and was arrested for domestic violence and several other things. He even got himself into a bit of gambling debt. Well, recently, Tommy passed away. Because he wasn't married and didn't have children, he left the church to his younger brother. Now, his younger brother has since turned his life around and returned to the church. But the church is up in arms. Half of the church thinks that he should be forgiven, and the other half of the church wants him to step down. I'm torn. Ladies, I know you all know how church drama can be. What do you all think? Signed, Nita. Okay, so it sounds like little brother has now repented. If you can't get forgiveness from the church, who, who can you get forgiveness from? I mean, really? Like, there are so many people, leaders in the church, that have had their, you know, scandals, right? And we know that, God uses the sinner 
Okay, he just does. And this is probably a, a, a man that will attract a lot of people to show that God's love is forgiving. Okay, so if he really has changed, he's back in the church. I think that it's, you know, I think it's appropriate to allow him to serve. Now, I could see if he's still out there wild and he just inherited a church and he's like doing drugs on the corner. Of course not. I mean, he shouldn't be in a pulpit. But if he is professing his love for God and saying that the Lord is his savior, then who are we to judge him? Okay. Now, like everything, most churches, there's a vote. Okay. There's a vote and there's a trial period. So if he's not the person and he's not up for the job, who says he wants to do the job? Who knows? He may not even want the job. He may consider himself a baby in faith. He may not be a minister. Okay. But he's inherited the church. So it's his church because he's inherited it. That doesn't mean that he has to be the person that's leading it or, or the spiritual leader. He doesn't have to be the pastor. So I think that those are two different things. Whether somebody is inheriting the church because somebody literally put their blood, sweat, and tears and money into building a church and that has been passed down from generation to generation versus him actually being the spiritual leader of the church. I don't want us to confuse that because those are two completely different things. And I don't know how that church is organized. I don't know if there's a, a trustees and a deacon board or, you know, I don't know what there is, but usually there's some type of committee you have to answer to that will then appoint, right? But if he owns the church, he's going to have a little bit more say in it. But if you don't like him leading the church, if he does decide to be the spiritual leader, you know what you could do? Leave. There's not a shortage of churches, Find another church that is able to minister to you, okay? There have been churches that people have told me are magnificent. They're wonderful. They're amazing, right? And I go visit the church and I've just not moved there. I don't feel like the Lord is talking to me there. And so you have to figure out where you hear God speaking to you at and go and serve there. So if the parishioners are pissed off because Tommy's little brother now has hold of the church, give him a try. And if you don't think that the Lord is speaking through him, move on. You know, we're, we're too, yeah, church folks are the most critical people. I will say that we're critical. And I can say that because I've been in the church a long time and I've been Catholic and I've been Baptist and I know that people are very, very judgy. Okay. But he who is without sin, you know how it goes. So we have to learn to forgive. If he's asked for forgiveness and the Lord has forgiven him and he's really demonstrated that he's changed his life, then why can't he serve? But again, him being the owner or the inheritor of this church versus him being the spiritual leader, two different things. And we would need to know that first. And then if you don't think that he's serving the church well, then you can move on because he owns it. Okay, so, Nicole, you know, this is it hits home for me because, as you know, that's kind of my life, literally. But I will say this. The best thing that you said was if you can't get forgiveness in the church, then where can we get forgiveness? And I think that it's very hypocritical of us. And this is something that we do as Christians often. It's we like to point out everybody else's sin, but we don't want anyone stepping on our toes. I think that you all are being a little, and I don't want to say you all because you say that you're torn. So you haven't, it seems like you're straddling the fence, Nita, right? I would say this, if you believe in the Bible, and what it says in the Bible, then you believe in forgiveness. Now, does that mean that if we forgive people kind of like the chef way, if we forgive them, does that mean that we want to put them in a situation where they might not thrive? 
No. To Nicole's point, what better testimony is it that essentially you went out, you turned your back on God and the church and your family and all of that, right? And you went wilding, but yet you're still a powerful man of God. I don't see a better testimony. And that's just me. I mean, I'm not comparing testimony, but I'm just saying like it shows the power of God, right? Like literally in your life. So I don't, maybe maybe it's me and maybe, you know, I'm looking at this with rose colored glasses, but I say, this is like the story of the prodigal son. Why are you all being so difficult about this? He left, but he came back. God brought him back. You all should be happy about this to me. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe there are details that you left out of this, Nita. But I think if he's not being abusive, if he's not exhibiting any of the same behavior and he's changed, the Lord has saved him and and he's different. Who are you all to say that he shouldn't be in the position that he's in? Because if God can use a donkey, I'm pretty sure that he can utilize this man. Y'all stop being hypocritical. Y'all want to follow the Bible to a T, talk about women shouldn't wear pants and all this other stuff. But y'all, Anita, I'm not coming for you, but the people that go to your church that are on the, not on the fence and are telling him to step down or whatever, share this with them. And let's remind ourselves that any singular circumstance in our lives could have us in a very different position than we're in now. We have zero space to judge anyone. Leave that part to God. Let this man do what he was clearly called to do. Let it go. Need to share this with share this with the naysayers. Share this. Let the church say amen and amen. Amen and amen. All right. So, Janine, what did you learn new this week? Okay. So, Nicole, I'm going to actually preface this really quickly by saying that in some of these comments, it, while the majority of people were saying, you know, Chef Way is nuts and blah, 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 blah. And they were kind of, you know, on the, he needs to really ask for forgiveness and not just put out tweets and TikToks, right? There were some people that were on the other side of this and were like, Black women need to look at themselves and look at why they're not married and look at why this that, and the third. So, you know what? I took those and I was like, you know how when you really want to have a rebuttal, but you don't have enough information, so you got to go digging for the information to have the rebuttal? Well, here's my rebuttal. So for all of those who are claiming that Black women are the problem, and that's why we're not married, and that's why we have a higher rate of divorce and blah, 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 blah. Those things are very true, but those things are only true when we are married to Black men. So let me give you some statistics from divorcesource.com about interracial relationships. So Marriages involving a black man and a white female have the highest likelihood of divorce out of all marriages. The highest. I did not hear anything about a black woman in there. Black male, white woman. On the flip side, marriages where the wife is black and the husband is white have substantially less divorce than white husband and white wife. Let that sink in. So, For all of those who claim that it's the black woman's fault, take that information and chew on that for a second. What did you learn new this week, Nicole? Ooh, Janine, I love that information. I love that information. Listen, we're keeping it together. That's all I got to say. No, not not to the other uh, genders. But, you know, sometimes because I feel like there's so much negativity about black women, it's always good to hear a little bit of positivity. So thank you for sharing that one. I love it. Love it. 
All right. So according to GodStuffCounseling.com, here's what you need to know about people changing. Because you always ask, you can't people change? Can't people change? Nah, people can't change. Yeah, people can change. But here's what you need to know about people changing. Number one, you can make them change. Let that sink in because we try to do something to make them change, right? You can't out-sex them. You can't out, you know, do massages. You can't cook a good meal to make people treat you better. You just can't do it, okay? They have to change on their own. They have to want to change. Change won't be quick, okay? It's going to be a slow, progressive process. Number three, there will be setbacks. So you'll see the change and then all of a sudden you're like, this dude ain't changed at all. Then you'll see the change and you're like, well, maybe he ain't changed at all. You see the change again, you'll be like, huh, maybe it's changing. So it's progressive and there will be setbacks, okay? And number four, your boundaries and limits are crucial for both of you, okay? So you allow people to treat you how you want to be treated. And that is something that will help motivate change. You want somebody to stop talking to you crazy? Stop allowing them to talk to you crazy. And if they continue to talk to you crazy, move on, okay? That will encourage the change. All right, Janine, are you ready for the motivational moment? Yes, ma'am. All right, so the motivational moment comes from Andy Warhol. And he said, when people are ready to change, they change. They never do it before then, and sometimes they die before they get around to it. You can't make them change if they don't want to. Just like when they do want to, you can't stop them. So the answer to the question about can someone really change is yes, if they want to. Until we meet again. Pray, work, slay. And show off your melanated excellence. Bye. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh, That's Deep BWC. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is a Mean Old Lion Media production.